Chapter 24 of Parables from Nature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joyce Martin. Parables from Nature by Margaret Gaddy. Chapter 24 Gifts. Now there are diversities of gifts. 1 Corinthians 12. Four. One, two, three, four, five. Five neatly raked kitchen garden beds, four of them side by side with a pathway between, the fifth a narrow strip heading the others and close to the gravel walk, as it was for succession crops of mustard and cress which are often wanted in a hurry for breakfast or tea. Most people have stood by such beds in their own kitchen gardens on soft spring mornings and evenings, and looked for the coming up of the seeds which either they or the gardener had sown. Radishes in one, for instance, and of all three sorts, white turnip, red turnip, and long-tailed. Carrots in another, and this bed had been dug very deep indeed, subsoil digging, as it were, two spades' depth, that the roots might strike freely down onions in another, beet in the fourth, both the golden and red varieties, while the narrow slip was half mustard and half cress. Such was the plan here, however, and here, for a time, all the seeds lay sleeping, as it seemed, for as the long, smooth, raked beds stretched out dark and bare under the stars, they betrayed no symptom of anything going on within. Nevertheless, there was no sleeping in the case. The little seed-grains were fulfilling the law of their being, each after its kind, the grains, all but their inner germs, decaying, the germs swelling and growing, till they rose out of their cradles and made their way through their earthen coverlid to the light of day. They did not all come up quite together, of course, nor all quite alike, but as to the time, the gardener had made all his arrangements so cleverly that none was very far behind his neighbor, and as to the difference of shape in the first young leaves, what could it signify? It is true the young mustards were round and thick, the cresses oval and pointed, the carrots mere green threads, the onions sharp little blades, while the beet had an odd, stainy look but they all woke up to the same life and enjoyment, and were all greeted with friendly welcome as they appeared by the dew, and light, and sunshine, and breezes so necessary to them all, children of one mother, dependent on the same influences to bring them to perfection. What could put comparisons and envyings and heart-burnings into their heads? so filling them either with conceit or melancholy misgivings, as if there was but one way of being right or doing right, as if every creature was not good after its kind, but must needs be good after somebody else's kind, or not be good at all. It must have been some strolling half-informed grub, one would think, who had not yet come to his full senses, who started such foolish ideas. It began with an inquiry at first, for no actual unkindness was met. "'I find I get deeper and deeper into the soil every day,' remarked the carrot. "'I shall be, I don't know how long, at last. 
I have been going down regularly, quite straight, for weeks. Then I am tapering off to a long point at the end, in the most beautiful proportions possible. A traveller told me the other day this was perfection, and I believe he was right. That mischievous vagabond grub, you see. I know what it was to live near the surface in my young days, the carrot went on, but never felt solid enjoyment till I struck deeply down, where all is so rich and warm. This is really being firmly established and satisfactory to oneself, though still progressing. I hope, for I don't see why there should be a limit. Pray tell me, neighbors, added he good-naturedly enough, how it fares with all the rest of you. I should like to know that your roots are as long and slim and orange-colored as mine, doing as well, in fact, and sinking as far down. I wish us to be all perfect alike. Perfection is the great thing to try for. When you are sure you are trying in the right way, sneered a voice from the neighboring radish bed. The red and white turnip variety were always satirical. But if the long, slim, orange roots striking deep into the earth are your idea of perfection, I advise you to begin life over again. Dear me, I wish you had consulted us before. Why, we stopped going down long ago, and have been spreading out sideways and always into stout, round, solid balls ever since, close white flesh throughout, inside, and not orange, but red without. "'White,' he means," shouted another. "'Red, I call it,' repeated the first. "'But no matter, certainly not orange.' "'And certainly not orange,' cried they all. "'So,' continued the first speaker, "'we are quite concerned to hear you ramble on "'about growing longer and longer, "'and strongly advise you to keep your own counsel "'and not mention it to anyone else. "'We are friends, you know, and can be trusted.' But you really must leave off wasting your powers and energy in the dark, inside of the ground, out of everybody's sight and knowledge. Come to the surface, and make the most of it, as we do, and then you'll be a credit to your friends. Never mind what travellers say, they've nothing else to do but to walk about and talk, and they tell us we are perfection, too. Don't trust them, but to what we tell you now, and alter your course at once." roll yourself up into a firm round ball as fast as you can you won't find it hard if you once begin you have only to let me put in a word first interrupted one of the long-tailed radishes in the same bed for it is of no use to go out of one extreme into another which you are on the high road to do if you are disposed to take mr roundhead's advice who by the way ought to be ashamed of forcing his very peculiar views upon his neighbours just look at us. We always strike moderately down, so we know it's the right thing to do, and that solid round balls are the most unnatural and useless things in the world. But on the other hand, my dear friend, we have learnt where to stop, and a great secret it is, but one I fear you know nothing about at present. So the sooner you make yourself acquainted with it, the better. There's a limit to everything but folly, even to striking deep into the soil. And as to the soil being better so very far down, nobody can believe it. For why should it be? The great art is to make the most of what is at hand as we do. Time enough to go into the depths when you have used up what is so much easier got at. 
the man who gathered some of us yesterday called out these are just right so i leave you to judge whether some other people we know of must not be wrong you rather overwhelm me i own mused the carrot though it's remarkable you counsellors should not agree among yourselves is it possible however that i have been making a great mistake all my life what lost time to look back upon yet a ball no no not a ball i don't think i could grow into a solid round ball were i to try for ever not having tried how can you tell whispered the turnip radish persuasively but you never will if you listen to our old-fashioned friend next door who has been halting between two opinions all his life will neither make an honest fat lump of it as i do nor plunge down and taper with you but nothing can be done without an effort certainly no change that is true murmured the carrot rather sadly but i am too old for further efforts myself mistake or no mistake my fate is fixed i am too far down to get up again that's certain but some of the young ones may try do you hear dears some of you stop short if you can and grow out sideways and always into stout round solid balls oh nonsense about round balls cried the long-tailed radish in disgust what will the world come to if this folly goes on listen to me youngsters i beg go to a moderate depth and be content and if you want something to do throw out a few fibres for amusement you're firm enough without them i know but the employment will pass away time there are strange delusions abroad just now remarked the onions to each other do you hear all this talk about shape and way of growth and everybody in the dark on the subject though they seem to be quite unconscious of the fact themselves that fellow chattered about solid balls as if there was no such thing as bulbs growing layer upon layer and coat over coat at all of course the very large orange gentleman with his tapering root is the most wrong of the whole party but i doubt if mr roundhead is much wiser when he speaks of close white flesh inside and red of all ridiculous nonsense without where are their flaky skins i should like to know who is ever to peel them i wonder poor things i can't think how they got into such ways how tough and obstinate they must be i wish we lived nearer we would teach them a little better than that and show them what to do i have lived near you long enough grumbled a deep red beet in the next bed and you have never taught me neither shall you if i can help it a pretty instructor you would be who think it ridiculous to be red i suppose you can't grow red yourself and so abuse the color out of spite now i flatter myself that i am red inside as well as out so i suppose i am more ridiculous than your friend who contrives to keep himself white within according to his own account but i doubt the fact there there it is a folly to be angry so i say no more except this get red as fast as you can you live in the same soil that i do and ought to be able oh don't call it red exclaimed a golden beet who was of a gentle turn of mind it is but a pale tint after all and surely rather amber than red and perhaps that was what the long-tailed orange gentleman meant 
"'Perhaps it was, for perhaps he calls red-orange, as you call it amber,' answered the redder beet. "'Anyhow, he has rather more sense than our neighbor here, with his layer upon layer, and coat over coat, and flaky skin over all. Think of wasting time in such fiddle-faddle proceedings. Grow a good, honest, fleshy substance, and have done with it, and let people see you know what life is capable of. I always look at results. It is something to get such a body as I do out of the surrounding soil. That is living to some purpose, I consider. Nobody makes more of their opportunities than I do, I flatter myself, or has more to show for their pains, and a great future must be in store. Do you hear them? Oh, do you hear them? whispered the crest to her neighbor, the mustard. There had been several crops, and this was one of the last. Do you hear how they all talk together of their growth and their roots and their bulbs and size and color and shape? It makes me quite unhappy, for I am doing nothing like it myself. Nothing. Nothing, though I live in the same soil. What is to be done? What do you do? Do you grow great white solid balls, or long orange tapering roots, or thick red flesh, or bulbs with layer upon layer and coat over coat? Some of them talked of just throwing out a few fibers as a mere amusement to pass away time, and this is all I ever do for business. There will never be a great future in store for me. Do speak to me, but whisper what you say, for I shame to be heard or thought of. I grow only fibers too, groaned the mustard in reply, but I would spread every way and always, if I could downwards and upwards and sideways and always like the rest. I wish I had never been sown, better never sown and grown than sown and grown to such trifling purpose. We are wretched indeed, but there must be injustice somewhere. The soil must give them what it refuses to us. Or we are weak and helpless and cannot take in what it offers, suggested the crest. Alas, that we should have been sown only to be useless and unhappy. And they wept the evening through. But they alone were not unhappy. The carrot had become uneasy and could follow his natural tastes no longer in comfort, for thinking that he ought to be a solid round ball, white inside and red without. The onion had sore misgivings that the beet might be right after all, and a good honest mast of red flesh be more worth laboring for than the pale coat within coat growth in which he had indulged. It did seem a waste of trouble, a fiddle-faddle plan of life, he feared. Perhaps he had not gone down far enough in the soil. Someone talked of growing fibers for amusement. He had certainly not come to that. They were necessary to his support. He couldn't hold fast without them. Other people were more independent than he was, then perhaps wiser. Alas! And yet the beat himself was not quite easy, for talk as he would, what he had called fiddle-faddle seemed ingenious when he thought it over. And he would like to have persuaded himself that he grew layer upon layer too, but it wouldn't do. Perhaps, in fact, the bold little turnip radishes alone from their solid substantial growth were the only ones free from misgivings and believed that everybody ought to do as they did themselves. 
what a disturbance there was to be sure and it got worse and worse and they called on the winds the fleeting clouds the sun the moon and stars above their heads to stay their course for a while and declare who was right and who was wrong who was using who abusing his gifts and powers who was making most who least of the life and opportunities they all enjoyed whose system was the one the rest must all strive to follow the one only right but they called and asked in vain till one evening the clouds which had been gathering over the garden for days began to come down in rain and sank swiftly into the ground where it had been kneaded for long whereupon there was a general cry here comes a messenger now we shall hear as if they thought no one could have any business in the world but to settle their disputes so out come all the old inquiries again who was right who was wrong who had got hold of the true secret but the crest made no inquiry at all only shook with fright under the rain for thought she the hour of my shame and degradation is come poor useless creature that i am i shall never more hold up my head as to the carrot into whose well-dug bed the rain found easiest entrance and sank deepest he held forth in most eloquent style upon the whole affair how it was started and what he had said how much he had once hoped how much he now feared now the raindrops did not care to answer in a hurry but as they came dropping gently down they murmured peace 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 all over the beds and truly they seemed to bring peace with them as they fell so that a calm sank all around and then the murmur proceeded poor little atoms in a boundless kingdom each one of you bearing a part toward its fullness of perfection each one of you endowed with gifts and powers especially your own each one of you good after its kind how came these cruel misgivings and heartburnings among you are the tops of the mountains wrong because they cannot grow corn like valleys are the valleys wrong because they cannot soar into the skies does the brook flow in vain because it cannot spread out like the sea is the sea only right because its waters only are salt each good after its kind each bearing a part in the full perfection of the kingdom which is boundless the plan which is harmony peace 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 upon all and peace seemed to fall more soothingly than ever upon the ground as the shower continued to descend how much more then resumed the murmur among you to whose inner natures gifts and powers are given each different from each each good in its kind each if rightly carried out doing service in that kingdom which needs for its full perfection that there shall be mountains to rise into the skies valleys to lie low at their feet some natures to go deep into the soil others to rejoice on its surface some to lie lightly upon the earth as if scarcely claiming a home others to grasp it by its widespread roots and stretch out branches to the rivers all good in their kind all bearing a part in the glory of that universe whose children are countless as their natures are various none useless 
none in vain. Upon one, then upon all, each wanted, each useful, each good after its kind. Peace, 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 peace. The murmur subsided to a whisper, the whisper into silence, and by the time the moon shadows lay upon the garden, there was peace everywhere. Nor was it broken again, for henceforth even the cress held up her head, she also good after her kind. Only once or twice that year when the carrots were gathered, there came up the strangest growths, thick, distorted lumps that had never struck properly down. The gardener wondered, and was vexed, for he prided himself in the digging of the carrot bed. Anything that had had any sense might have gone down into it, he was sure, he said, and he was not far from wrong. But you see, the carrot had had no sense when he began to speculate, and tried to be something he was not intended to be. Yet the poor clumsy thing was not quite useless after all, for just as the gardener was about to fling it angrily away, he recollected that the cook might use it for soup, though it could not be served up at table, such a shape it was. And this was exactly what she did. End of chapter 24 Recording by Joyce Martin